There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed. Song of the redeemed. Thank you for tuning to the podcast today. We have a very special edition of the podcast today. We're going to have the testimony of Carl Asquith. Now, Brother John Asquith's been preaching for us this week. Carl is his eldest son, and uh, Carl has done some time in the joint, as you'll hear and listen to on this podcast. And Carl was a rebel against God, but God has miraculously saved him, and I've asked him to send his testimony in. And so we've taken his testimony, cut it into two portions, and we'll have two editions of the podcast relating to the testimony of Carl Asquith, how we thank the Lord for working in Carl's life. You don't have to be a rebel to go to hell. You can go to hell off a church pew. You can go to hell out of a preacher's home. You can go to hell as religious as you want to be. But without Jesus Christ, it's all null and void. And thank God for the saving power of Jesus Christ. Thank God for the precious blood of Jesus Christ. This is Carl's testimony. I pray it's a help. I pray it's a blessing to you. He one time told me, he said, when I was about 16 years old, he said, you're going to one day quit running from God. He said, and he told me on the porch, the stairs of the porch at the church, I'll never forget it. By that time, you know, I was too far in the weeds. I was too far gone to really, but I always remembered that, you know, sure. I thought that, what do you mean quit running from God? You know, I, it sounded kind of stupid. It was almost like I didn't understand it at the time being. And I think about that song, it's always the same, always the same. Jesus never changes. He's always the same. Right. And, you know, 20 something years later, I come back and, and that same Jesus is right there. Always been the same. And it really means a lot to me, that one song right there. But I wanted to talk tonight about my testimony. And really, to be honest, I love my brother and his, his, his testimony, Michael's testimony meant so much to me. We talked about hope. Now, hope being destroyed in a man or a woman, I guess, but for me, it's, in him as a man. And I always considered myself something like, especially after I was locked up and incarcerated and getting out and maybe sometimes trying to simulate back in society, back among people who didn't have a criminal mindset. And I always considered myself, I'm something like an outlaw. You know, I'm an outlaw. Pastor one time, Pastor Vernon one time preached that message on rebellion and I remember it really pricked me for the first time, something that really pricked me and it bothered me. And so I went up to him and tried to explain to him afterwards. I was like, you know, I thought about it. I'm a real intellectual, you know, and I'm telling him, I said, you know, I, I got to thinking about that. I'm not really a rebel. I'm more of an outlaw, you know, I, cause I thought, you know, I'm coming back around my family and I'm going to church and, you know, I'm dressing right. And, and I really believed that, you know, I had convinced myself of that. And I thank God that he showed me that I was not an outlaw. I was a rebel. A rebel. And there's a difference. An outlaw is someone who's kind of outside the law, outside of, you know, established norms, outside of they kind of like Robin Hood, you know. He's hiding in the forest, robbing the rich, feeding the poor, you know, some kind of hero or something like that. God had shown me I'm no hero. You're a rebel. Rebel someone's resistant to authority. 
Assistant to the laws. Listen to God. You see these kids that run through stop signs because nobody's coming. They don't care about the law. And I did a lot of time with a lot of those guys. They had that antisocial personality disorder. And I don't mean they're not antisocial. They'll get out there and talk all night long, all day long. They love to talk. They're social. But they don't understand the reason, the point of having rules in the first place. If there's a rule and they don't think they're going to get caught, they're going to go and break that rule. And most of these guys end up in prison. Some of these guys end up dead. Women too. That's true. It's just a mindset. And God had to show me that the, in, you know, in Psalms chapter 19, verse 7, it says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. But I say all that to say this. When I, when I got out, you know, I, had, I had a mindset that I was going to do the right thing. There was a man named Edward Burke. He was a statesman from a long time ago. And my father would probably know when he was born. <laughs> He's really good with history. But I just something he said one time really caught my eye or my, when I was reading. He said, and it's complicated, but he said that men are qualified for civil liberty in exact proportion to their disposition to put moral chains upon their own appetites. And he went on to say that men of intemperate minds cannot be free. Their passions, their own passions forge their fetters. And it's, a, it's really a lot to say, but basically he's saying that men are qualified for civil liberty. Civil liberty is basically liberty that you have under the law. Natural liberty is liberty that you have to do whatever you can do with your own strength, with your own ability. Me and my little nephew, Nathan, we had a race the other day when I was at his house. And Nathan was, I can beat you, I can beat you. Well, I won the race. It was a little disappointing to him. But I know there's going to be a day where my little nephew, Nathan, is going to beat his Uncle Carl. And at that moment, I had the liberty. I had that natural liberty. I could beat him. I'm faster. You know, my brother, um, John Mark, is all tall. He could probably dunk a basketball. I will never dunk a basketball. I will never have the natural ability to dunk a basketball. I'm just not that tall. I can't spring that high. And laws are like that. Men's laws are, too. If anyone did whatever they wanted to do, people would... Rob, steal, do whatever they want. You want to be safe. But we have laws. And those laws in our society keep us that way. And in a sense, all laws, in, in a sense, all laws are a form of tyranny, if you think about it. You know, a law is something that restricts your freedom. But without those laws, without law in general, we can't live as a society. We have to have some form of laws. We have to have some kind of stuff. And people that understand that are people that generally stay out of prison, you know, and I had a lot of this intellectual stuff that I'm spouting right now that sounds so intellectual and smart, but I had all this and I thought I had it figured out. I'm gonna go out here and I'm gonna obey the law and I'm gonna do what I have to do. But I, one thing I didn't reckon on was that the law of God is different than the laws of men. It just is, it's different than the laws of men. And I had convinced myself that God wasn't real, okay? I convinced myself. I didn't come to this church looking for God. I did not, that was not my goal to look for God. Okay, I found myself at this church, my life pretty much messed up, broken down about as bad as you can get. Me and my wife had separated. I have a home in Charleston. My job, I lost my job. We were gonna, the owner was about to give me the company or let us buy the company. And this was a company that made $30,000 profit in a month. You know, I thought I really had it going on. I was shooting out there like a Roman candle. <laughs> but I was doing it the wrong way. And I believe that God had to break me to bring me to a point to show me that. I want to read in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. The Bible says, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. 
This to me sums up pretty much my whole attitude. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm going to figure it out. Mike talked about that. You're determined. You got this hope in yourself. You know, it seems right. I got it figured out. I got it figured out. I can do this, right? I'm a, I, I can do this. And then the end of that way is the ways of death. Right. The end of the way is the ways of death. And I didn't understand this. And I went, I went down to that Bible conference that dad had preached in Blaine, Pennsylvania. And he talked about, it was the King James Bible conference. I had gone to pick up mom. It was the last day. And um, I was sitting there listening to him. And the one, th one of the things that dad had said was that that Bible is an owner's manual for you, for an individual. Meaning that Bible is an owner's manual. And I never heard it quite put like that. I'd always seen God's rules, the Bible, preachers, church, having to tuck my shirt in, any kind of rule you can think of. I looked at it as, a, you know, something trying to hold you down. This is something you have to do to fit in. And I began to see that those laws are there for a reason. God didn't put that in that Bible for no reason. That's right. Right. <clears throat> and when you're not doing the things of God, when you're not doing the stuff that's in that Bible, it's not healthy. It messes right. you up. You can't have peace. But I was around people who had convinced themselves and outside of this church, just to, where I was at in my neighborhood, around the people I was at most of my adult life, they had convinced themselves that their misery, their normal life was normal, that everybody was upset, everybody was miserable, everybody cheated on their spouses for the most part, everybody drank on the weekends, everybody had issues and problems, and all the people do all this stuff. And when I came up here, I saw something different, okay? I saw something different, and it surprised, it took me off guard. I didn't expect to see that. And I remember we were up there at that, at that camp meeting up there in, in uh, Black Creek, New York, and pastor, someone talked about, um, I can't remember, one of the preachers talked about that men of God should be a reflection of God, you know, kind of like, and I thought about pastor standing out there like a reflector. Everyone's gone down a dark road at night, gone down a dark road at night, and it's pretty dark, and your headlights catch that little reflect, reflector sitting over there, and it just stands out, you know, and now here I am moving along. Broke, don't know what's going on. There's that reflector standing out there. Something's different. Something's not right. It's not, it's not normal, okay? And I thank God for that. I thank God for my pastor. Right. I thank God for this church. Thank God for my family. You know, when we went up there, to, before we went to Black Creek, God had really been dealing with me, really been dealing with me. And, you know, pastor had, told, had said one time, he said, you're not really seeking for God. He said, God seeks for you. <laughs> I, thought, I thought, well, man. <laughs> but I don't think it's a, I don't think it was a coincidence that I ended up here. No. I don't think it was a coincidence whatsoever. In fact, I'm pretty sure of that, you know, I went into a church in South Carolina with my boss at the time being, and it was Grace Community Baptist Church or something like that, somewhere in down there in uh, Mumps Corner, South Carolina, down there in Charleston area. And we walked in the front door and, and the, the, we, we, I sat down kind of in the back row with my, with, my, with my boss and his wife and he had a few of his kids and we sat down in the back row and that's the church they went to and I, I felt a little uncomfortable, you know, sitting in the church and didn't know if they could all tell I was a, you know, a criminal and a rebel and whatever. But the pastor came up after me and he said, hey, my name is Ken so-and-so. I'm not going to say his real name. He said, hey, my name is Ken so-and-so. He said, you're born again, right? You're saved. You're, you know Jesus Christ, right? He was looking at me real intently and I didn't know what, to, yes, sir, of course. And, he, and I could literally visibly see him relax. I could see him. Whew. Yeah. And I thought, this is not the place for me. I just, it's just too fake. It's just ridiculous. And I just, and I, and I took that. And I said, this is just like everybody else. I'm not. And I didn't even think about it no more. I was not going back to church anymore. I wasn't going back to church. That's all that bunch of, and I, I'm, I'm trying to keep it PG, but I didn't have very many good things to think about people in church. I had pretty much given up on that. Looked at it as ridiculous. Looked at it as foolishness. I had convinced myself that it wasn't, I didn't need it. 
And looking back in hindsight, it looks pretty stupid if you think about it. Your life is absolutely destroyed. You've been locked up your whole adult life. You basically have nothing, but you're still determined to do it your way. Determined to be rebellious. Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 1. Just a couple of verses on rebellion that God has shown me. Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 1 says, Woe to the rebellious children, saith the Lord, that take counsel, but not of me, and that cover with a covering, but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin. And if you look over in verse 9 of the same chapter, that this is a rebellious people, lying children, children that will not hear the law of the Lord. And in Proverbs chapter 17, verse 11, Proverbs chapter 17, verse 11 says, An evil man seeketh only rebellion. And it's a curse after that. It says, Therefore a cruel messenger shall be sent against him. And I'm going to tell you something. I've had a cruel messenger against me the whole time, and I deserve every single bit of it. Every single bit of it. I deserved it because I was rebellious. From a little child, I stood out against, and I decided that I was going to go against what I had, my own heritage, my father, what I had learned, the people that taught me, my own family. And it destroyed me. It destroyed my family. It hurt my family. Okay? Hurt my father. It hurt the reputation of the men of God. It made a mockery of God. I'm not proud of that. I can never take that stuff back. Never. That's another reason why I love that that song. Always the same. Always the same. Jesus never changes. He's always the same. Just a beautiful song. It's a child song. It's a Pastor the Pirate song. But boy, it just means so much to me. So much to me. Amen. Before we went up to Black Creek, Pastor had had said he was very serious. And he said, I want to see a show of hands. I want to see a show of hands. He said, you ain't got to raise your hand. I don't remember exactly what he said. But it's basically, if if you're going to listen to that still small voice, that still small voice, I want you to raise your hand. I want you to be receptive to that when we go up here to Black Creek. And I remember thinking, I have absolutely nothing to do. I'm going to listen for it. And let me tell you something about something I've learned about sin. And I've really realized this after I've gotten saved, after I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I, I notice this about sin. And people say sin, they say it in general. And sin just means, it's almost like when you say sin, I see people's eyes roll back in the back of their head. At least mine did. You know, what is sin? You know, people out there drinking and everything. The reality is sin that's happening in your life that's against the laws of God. It's against what, what, what's right. Okay. It could be a lot of different things. It could be the simple fact that a child won't wash the dishes when their mom says wash the dishes. It could be a man that goes around in a secret place and does things he's not supposed to do. It could be a, uh, you know, it could be a lot, a lot of different things, but we know what it is. And the reality is sometimes we don't know what those sins are. We have stuff that's happening in our life that we think is right. There's people that go out to the bars every night, meet with their friends and drink, and their lives are just a mess. Some of them can't pay the bills on time. Some of them have issues with their spouses. They sit there and go get high and drink and smoke marijuana, and then they go back and have all these different things different issues that they're having and they're convinced it's right because the weed's legal and the bar's open and this is normal. Right. It's normal to have all this, this stuff. And a lot of times I think people fall into conviction, at least I did, you fall into conviction because you're thinking, man, I just feel so awful when things are so bad in my life. But the reality is, is a lot of times that we're falling under conviction, at least I was, I was falling under conviction because I was upset of how things were going in my life. I wasn't upset at the sin itself. And when God began to deal with me, began to show me things in my life, and I tried to turn away from this stuff because I didn't want to do it no more. I could see from what my father's talking about that this stuff is killing me. It's hurting me. Okay? And I stopped smoking. Stopped drinking. 
Stop doing a lot of things. Start dressing a little bit nicer. Maybe taking a couple more showers. Pastor always talks about taking showers. You know? And the reality, though, there's things in my life that I, that I couldn't quit. There's things in my life that was just miserable. And the, the biggest thing that scared me, seeing so many people recidivate. Recidivate just means that go back and do something again. We use that word in from prison term. Someone who recidivates is someone who uh, goes and does another crime or has something. And, and it's a high rate, especially for drugs or crimes like drugs and armed robbery, things like that. A lot of people go back and they recidivate. And, they, and you can do good for a while. Then you go back like a dog returns to his vomit. Right. And it just scared me because I'm out here and all this stuff's coming at me. And I'm like, you know, no matter how good you try to be. What happened? You know, you don't know what's going to happen the next day or the next day. And I've messed up every single possible. You cannot mess up anything more than I, I mean, you cannot have me, not messed up anything the way I did. it. I messed up every single thing I could possibly mess up every right. single thing. Sometimes I think, and I think God has showed me this, but I think that people are, when they get to a point where their sin, they're miserable because of their sin. Meaning the sin itself is miserable to them. God has to show you a point in your life when there's something that you've been holding on to that becomes horrible to you that you don't like anymore there's a lost soul who's tired of his sinning and he longs to return to the lord as he cries for forgiveness and mercy god is waiting you have been listening to the daily doctrine podcast with evangelist tim mcveigh for correspondence please contact us through our website and someevangelists.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania. 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing.